Welcome to Coaching Through Cancer, a show for partners, spouses, friends, and family of those fighting cancer. Daryl Taylor is a certified coach, a widower, and father. He knows firsthand the struggles that spouses and families go through after a cancer diagnosis. If you're in the battle of your life, you are not alone. This is the place for you. Hello and welcome to Coaching You Through. Today's episode, I want to talk about the art of being bored. Um, One of the things that happens if you have kids, especially, is that every now and then they'll just say, hey, dad, I'm bored. Or, yeah, but that's boring. Um, We do it as adults too. Sometimes we feel bored. And what do we do? We look to things to either entertain or distract us. Um, You know, social media takes up most of this, right? I mean, you're scrolling through Instagram in an unproductive way. You're not doing it uh, to expand or enhance your business. You're not doing it to add value to people's lives by participating in the communities that you're a part of. You're just scrolling. Um, Some people eat. Some people watch TV. Some people are somewhat productive in that maybe they'll exercise or, you know, do something along those lines. But what I really wanted to think about and talk about today, um, after kind of having this discussion with my kids, is what's wrong with boredom? See, the thing that I notice is that we talk about being bored as though there's something wrong with it, that it's a pejorative, that it's a negative condition to be in, uh, that the opposite of boredom is fun, and that we should always be in a state of fun. Um, Obviously, everyone enjoys having fun, and I'm not saying that fun is something that uh, should not be sought out. But what I am saying is that perhaps consider for a moment that boredom is not something to be avoided. I'll go one beat further. I think that anything negative that comes out of boredom, uh, think of the phrase, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. Um, I think a lot of what comes out of boredom comes as a, an attempt to avoid boredom by doing something to stimulate, excite, entertain, what have you. But what if you actually leaned into boredom? What if you actually, when the opportunity was presented to you in a way where you are in a state of boredom, um, you approach it with intentionality? What I'm offering is to sort of flip the script on its head. What if the, the sickness, the, the problem was in constantly needing to or wanting to seek some level of stimulation? And that boredom is a good, healthy state for human beings to be in. To have nothing that you have to do, to have no activity that you're engaged in, to be perhaps alone by yourself, to be alone with your thoughts and your feelings. Maybe that's actually a very healthy condition. And one of the the maladies of society is that we don't 
practice it in the right way. The other thing from a coaching perspective is that I think a lot of the feelings of boredom, um, sort of the ones that are associated as being negative, uh, come about because we have certain thoughts about what we're supposed to be doing. Um, some of this comes from people who are very much what we call um, uh, A-line folks, that they're constantly looking for something to do, that they need the stimulation, and that they, they tend to be the workaholics and the people who overwork, and perhaps type A personalities, and believe that, either believe that by doing more, doing more, they're going to get more, or fear that by not doing more, not doing enough, uh, they're going to fall behind. And not really being able to consider that perhaps neither of those is actually true. I find it curious that uh, there is so much discomfort uh, associated with being alone, with things being quiet, what people might call too quiet, um, with not having anything to do, that that brings up so much anxiety for some people. Um, I find it curious that, that maybe, maybe we've got both the, uh, the diagnosis and the prescription wrong for, for how to deal with what people experience when they're alone. And not just alone, but you know, perhaps with other people uh, engaged in an activity um, that is not interesting to them, and so they feel bored. That I would put in another category, just like, uh, you know, they say that Eskimos have, you know, many different words to describe all the different types of snow, and that in the Greek you had multiple words to describe, you know, the different forms of love, um, eros and agape, and, you know, uh, you know, I think it was philia for, like, brotherly love. Um, perhaps, you know, boredom is just sort of a broad brush that's painted on a bunch of different scenarios that doesn't accurately depict. Maybe there's different types of boredom that um, we experience, some being good and some just being what they are. You know, it's an activity, maybe you don't enjoy arts and crafts and you are in a situation where, you know, that's what the activity is and so you don't want to engage and so you feel bored because there's nothing there that interests you. But even in that scenario, um, I would offer, uh, just because it's something you know you don't enjoy doing or you feel like you don't enjoy doing, maybe it's worth exploring why you don't feel that way. Maybe you feel like you're not um, an artistic person. And so you have these thoughts that whatever you're going to create isn't going to be that good. Um, and then I would go further down that path and say, so who's judging that? I mean, art is so subjective. I can remember there was a time when we were at uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, and we were in sort of um, the modern art era, and there was a, a painting on the wall, very famous artist, and I remember uh, my son looking at it and going, huh, I could do that. <laughs> and I kind of laughed because... Again, without knowing all the particulars of, of, of that particular form of art, 
first glance, second glance, third glance, maybe fourth and fifth glance, <laughs> look like something that a kid could create. Um, but again, the idea is this notion of boredom, I think, is both misused, overused, and, and inadequately explored. One of the things we uh, really focus on in coaching is this idea of, of, of processing, we say, your own feelings. Uh, long story short, what that involves is, is that when you have an emotion, and it can be a good emotion, it can be a negative emotion, it doesn't matter, um, but um, let's just stick with a negative emotion, to not resist it, right? A lot of people feel, uh, you know, term of the day, anxiety, and, and in, in trying to resist anxiety, they actually make it come up more. Um, it's kind of a conundrum, but if you allow that feeling to, to sit within your body, and if you, if you even got familiar with it in terms of describing it and, and sensing and, and describing where it sits in your body, how it sits in your body, and allowing that emotion to just stay within you, because it won't last forever, a couple of minutes, uh, perhaps, um, that the next time it comes up, you'll be more familiar with it, more comfortable with it. And the idea with anxiety and with a lot of negative emotions um, is that we don't want them to go away. We just want to change our relationship to them. Change our relationship to them in such a way that we don't treat them as predictors of some, you know, uh, unfortunate or, or, you know, dire future but that we just recognize them as, as I, I like to think of them almost as ghosts. You know, the, the residue of something that we experienced in the past, and now it's been triggered in this present moment, and, and it's causing us to have these feelings that we don't quite understand how to deal with, and we don't know where to put them. Einstein has attributed this really beautiful quote um, that comes to mind on, on this topic of boredom. He says, I think 99 times and I find nothing. I stop thinking, swim in silence, and the truth comes to me. What if boredom is not the result of some deficiency, but perhaps part of the solution, a path, to resolving some of these issues that come up in our lives, like anxiety, like stress, like fear, self-doubt, uh, feelings of unworthiness, uh, feelings of why me? What if boredom is one of the, the, the places where we can really um, get in touch with the sensation of being a being? in this world, of just being present. I think that many of the states that we would describe as being boring or boredom are, are similar to what I described in terms of anxiety. People uh, seeking to avoid something that brings up discomfort when it's actually the discomfort that should be allowed, um, perhaps even practiced in the state of, uh, of boredom but allowing it in order to facilitate this process that I'm describing in which you become more aware. It doesn't have to go away because it's part of the human condition, 
um, but your relationship with it changes in such a way that it no longer holds sway over you. It no longer ruins your day. It no longer puts you in a bad mood. It no longer um, sort of grows from what it is and becomes a much greater thing because you're not uh, avoiding it and that you've actively practiced uh, staying in that place and learning from it such that it becomes just a moment that passes, not something that portends some, some, some dire situation, not something that is indicative of something that's broken or not working, but just part of the human experience. It's not a problem. It doesn't need to be fixed. It doesn't need to be removed. It's just part of what it means to have a fully lived human experience. Uh, we talk in coaching all the time about life is 50-50. It doesn't matter uh, whether you are at the top of the scale or the bottom of the scale. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. The experience of life, when, when you take it as an aggregate, is that it will be 50-50. There will be good days, bad days, good moments in the morning, bad in the afternoon, vice versa, right? And that part of us growing into our full capacity is being able to to live with all of these experiences that life offers for us and to utilize those things in service of creating a better life or for ourselves or for others. And that's what we do in coaching. We take that full lived experience. Um, we don't judge it. We understand it as a, uh, a neutral circumstance that exists in the world, right? Uh, I'm sitting there on a Sunday afternoon and I have nothing to do. And I get to make a choice on how I want to think about that moment. And I can, I can get to the point where I can actively engage in a thought process that makes that, that moment that ordinarily you would call boring something special, something productive, without having to do something without needing additional stimulation, without having to change my feeling. I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, and it's one of the things that I've observed in coaching a number of people. Um, people want to be in that, that high, elated emotional state. Um, and they're familiar with that. They're also familiar with sort of the negative states of not feeling good, and they may have some processes for doing dealing with that. But that state of just being okay. There's no sort of sparkles that something great is about to happen. There's nothing that is creaking or broken that needs your attention. You're just okay. That that can be a very difficult place to be for some people. It can be as disquieting as, say, bad news. Um, and I just really want to encourage you that the next time you're bored, um, the next time uh, you uh, have an opportunity to plan a day for a vacation or something on the weekend, to maybe practice being bored. Set some time up where you can do nothing, have nothing to do, and just notice what comes up for you. Do you want to reach for your phone? Do you want to turn on the TV? Do you start getting hunger pangs when you've actually eaten already? What comes up for you? 
and pay attention to that and make note of it. Write it down and just become familiar with you and how you respond to these various states that are not wrong, not unhealthy, not dangerous, but completely normal. And one of the things I want to offer is that um, I help with that. I've got a freebie up on my Instagram. If you go to my link tree, my link tree, uh, it's the uh, some tips on being present. And I offered that in a prior podcast, and I want to offer that to you again. Um, that some of those practices will help you uh, to be able to deal with these situations where things like boredom come up, and to be able to actively practice it in a way so that you will actually better manage your overall emotional state. I also want to offer that if you're struggling with one of those states of anxiety or stress, um, this podcast is really uh, wide-ranging, but we focus quite a bit on uh, people who are supporting someone with a cancer diagnosis, whether that's a spouse or a, or a, a family member of some other sort or just a dear friend, um, that you've got someone's back. And I want to offer you that part of what I do in my coaching practice is I've got your back. And so if you are struggling with some of these feelings and some of these doubts, and if you are um, finding that it is leaking into other areas of life and that you're spending a lot of energy and a lot of time uh, supporting other people and that you feel as though you might be falling apart, um, I want to offer to you that I've been there, and I've got your back. So um, reach out to me. Let me know. I'm here to help. And again, I want to thank you all for listening, and appreciate you coming here. Until next time, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Share this episode with friends, families, and others in the fight. We'd love to hear from you. What's your story? What are your thoughts, experiences, and what would you like to hear discussed? Reach out at www.coachingyouthrough.com. That's coachingyouthrough, with the letter U, dot com.